lie. I be rolling with you, mommy. I be feeling the motion. When I'm inside you, I be deep as the ocean. When it comes to your love, can't lie. If you strong as a potion, that's why me and you forever be coasting. Let's roll. Cold pilot on the passenger side, be so fly. She so lit, we so high. Just me and my chick, yeah. Just me and my chick, yeah. Cold pilot. Yo, 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 what up, y'all? What's going on out there? Y'all know the vibe, man. It's your boy, man. Rob One, we in the building, and we back for another one. Sparking conversation, y'all. And y'all know how we do each and every each and every week. From Tuesday nights at 8 p.m., we go on here, we chop it up. And we chop it up with some of the most interesting people. And we get to move around and get the news out there. That's what I like to call it. I like to say that this is a platform here where we get the information out to our people that I feel like that we need, you know? We always we always hear all the time. Oh, but first, before I get into all that, let me let me do this like I always do. Let me say thank you. Thank you to all of you guys that download the audio version of this podcast. I always got to make sure I give y'all a shout out. I'm about to just ramble because I was off last week. And, you know, it's just so much to say. But, you know, I'm in a new spot, new new facility, got new energy. So, um, yeah, definitely uh, appreciate for those of you that was inquiring about the show last week and where we was. So I'm thankful for that, man. I just wanted y'all to know because, like I said, you know, anybody could get a microphone and a camera and the headphones and do all this other shit and jump out here and just start talking. But it's another thing where people really look forward to figuring out what you got to talk about and how interested it is. Because for the most part, you know, I get it. A lot of people are hungry for information, and I'm thankful that, you know, I'm not scared to give the information. Now, does the information always be received the right way? Nah, but that ain't my point. I mean, my problem at all. My my point of having a platform is to spark conversation. That's why everybody we have come on here, although, you know, we may be talking about the topic that's affecting them the most, we still have a conversation about it where they don't feel like they're getting drilled or, you know. But I like to ask questions as well, too. And, you know, that's how we get to know each other. And that's how we get to make sure that other people out here understand that you ain't the only one, especially when you got to think about something that you believe in, right? Something that you believe in, something that came from you, something that you thought about. And tonight we got a special guest, yo. We got the poet Vivid. We got Vivid the Poet on tonight. You know what I'm saying? She's an author, you know, and the whole nine, but we're going to chop it up with her and we're going to get into her life and figure out a lot of different things, okay? Because um, she's an interesting person. And like like I say, that's what this platform is for. You know what I mean? My platform is for people who are really into what they into and they taking each and every day to take those steps to get there. And they're not thrown off by that instant microwave gratitude that everybody feels nowadays. You know, you know how I go. If, you, if your shit don't block, you know, blow or you don't do platinum or you don't do this, that, and the third, when you first put things out, you know, people get discouraged. They don't understand about that grind, yo, right? That climb up. They don't understand about them steps. Like, yeah, it's a lot of flights up them stairs, but all you got to do is take one step at a time and you're going to get there. So the only time that you fail is when you don't try or when you stop. So I just... Like to tell anybody out there that's believing in themselves, keep believing. All right. Outside of that, we're going we gonna to get into the guests. We're going to bring on in a little bit. All right, back. So remember, 
all of you guys that click the links in the descriptions. I thank y'all too. Thank you to all the people that jump out there and they check out what we got going on because that's very important too as well. Okay, so it's been a lot going on out here, y'all, and I just want to make sure that y'all pay attention, okay? Because technically, you know, uh, if you kind of look around, y'all, it's been a lot of distractions, right? A, a, a whole lot of distractions. And then things that have been happening behind the scenes that's really interesting. And I don't, I don't know if a lot of people really pay attention to. But in our community, you know, they've been telling us or they've been trying to teach us about how to just follow propaganda. We've been we've been following propaganda so long that the lie becomes the truth. And we just believe it, you know, and, and then we get filtered through by it, right? So your boy Tucker Carlson jumped out there and he went and interviewed Putin. Now, I know I know for the most part, for most people, like, they'd be like, yo, I don't care about that, you know, whatever, whatever. You know, that's their business over there. And I don't know. But do y'all understand that they just passed this bill? Well, they didn't pass it, but they trying. They got this bill that's, that's in the background that they're trying to get to go through. And um, technically, they want to send a, about $95 billion over to Ukraine to help aid them in this you know, this conflict that's going on over there based on a man who just got out there and chopped it up with fam and told y'all, like, listen, I don't want to do what I'm doing right now. But, yo, y'all don't want to talk to me. I'm telling y'all, like, yo, y'all can't do this. And y'all just disrespecting me. And I think that when it comes down to anything, when it comes down to you just being a man, it's not hard for you to understand. Like, yeah, you could get into his other personal business about what he do. I'm not advocating for Putin or anybody in that particular scenario. That ain't my, my, my stand. My stand is on if you don't watch what's going on and it's being done to you guys on purpose, you guys are going to run down to that pole in that same space that we're in, divided. We're always divided. It's always a means of dividing us. And they use every single tactic that they can use to make sure they keep us separate. Because for most of us, they think we think that it's still about black and white. We're still thinking it's about man versus women and all this other corny shit that we do all the time. But it ain't. You know, they have a real agenda, man, on controlling the population of the people based on, you know, how they can keep their pockets fat. And the rest of us are just sitting around here. And I'm only saying us because I only include us in a situation because I know that it's us involved, even though, you know, we got a whole nother plan going on. But I want y'all to pay attention and follow the money, all right? Follow the money and don't be afraid to ask questions, all right? Because look, New York is out here asking for $4.6 billion and they're the ones that ask for the people to come here. So what you think going to happen when it comes down to the vote? They know you guys. See, they know. They're following the black vote. They know they're going to vote the other way this time. So why you think they're letting all these illegals in? And what you think going to happen when they allow them to vote? They got 10 million of them over here. So whenever they allow them to vote, what you think they're going to do? You think those people are not going to vote for the people who they felt like gave them an opportunity? But where are the people coming from? We know how they getting here, but where are they all coming from? Y'all ever think about that? Yo? Mm. I don't know. But for the most part, I just want y'all to follow the money. I want y'all to pay attention because y'all know how we get down on here. We got to make sure we give y'all something to think about. Sparking conversation. While y'all together with whoever you with, you know, find something to talk about. That's something that y'all can. It's not necessarily about politics. It got everything to do with life. It got everything to do with business. Just like, for example, if they going out, they going crazy out here for all this electric vehicles and all this other stuff, then guess what? Then what stocks y'all know to start paying attention to? If y'all think AI going to take your job, then what stocks are it for you to pay attention to? 
You want to be a person that's making money off of the person that's taking your job, right? So then these are things that you need to start paying attention to now. And and it's hard to get people to change. You know, like you say, you can't teach your old dog new tricks. So, whatever. But the point is, if you can't say that you ain't know something, if nobody didn't tell you so. Or for all y'all listening to this and go listen to the playback, now y'all know. Y'all can't say y'all don't know. So all that other corny shit, don't don't talk. I don't want to hear all that other stuff y'all arguing and y'all talking about. If y'all cats ain't talking about generational wealth, there's no need for me to be in a conversation. So look, I'm about to bring the crew up, yo. So we're gonna get into this, yo. I bet, yo. So let me see who I got in the building. Let's see what who we got. Me, what up, yo? Look wild. I look crazy for the streets today, so. Yeah, it's cool. I'm going back, yo. You couldn't even grow one here. Stop playing. Stop playing. Y'all already started. Stop playing. What up, y'all? What up, what up? Ain't nothing. What's going on with you, bro? You know, I here living it one day at a time, brother. Hey, yo, I feel you, man. I feel you. I mean, yo, that's all we could do out here, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yo, but look, man. So, look, I know... um, Y'all know tonight we got a special guest on, right? You know, and um, an author, a poet. Um, it's gonna be dope, man. And, and, and listen, I, I want to know because, like, at, like it's a lot of things that people do out here, right? Um, sometimes we don't ever. What what I would like to talk to more people who are in the literary space, right? So more people, because like I right, meet. So take you for example. We know you do planners, right? So you know. Um, after a person fills that out for a year, they could go back and reflect over their year, and that can be a story. Right? Yeah, I actually had a customer. I created a journal for her, a 30-day one, and she put it in a book from it. See what I'm saying? And then it's always a reference guide to help you tell a story, even if it's just a story you need to tell for yourself. You know, you just never know. But that's another form of it, but not in the form of a person who actually sits down and say, yo, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to deliver this to the world. And this is my form of art. And I think that is important because as an artist myself, I want to pay homage to all art. You know, because I know, like you said, Tamika, you said, yo, right, you, you look like you only listen to your own shit. Because <laughs> you do. Because <laughs> you really do. Like, I was, that's what I expected to hear you playing was oh, your own shit. But check this out, though. <laughs> it, it, it goes back to the fact of how art is just all subjective right you know it's a thing but it's something whenever you feel passionately about something that you are are, are driven to do when it, it's sometimes when it ain't really about the money right it's, it's about the passion and the drive that you have it's just like doing this platform or whatever like yeah eventually it'll get to where it gotta go it's gonna turn over a dollar we're gonna put that in the atmosphere but yo if i got to figure out that then i wouldn't be doing it now you know what i'm saying like yo you gotta put in the work so look, we're gonna bring her up real quick. All right. So and and listen, and, and this is the thing, y'all. Don't nobody out there say that black men do not give our women an opportunity. Y'all gotta change the narrative, man. All right. Y'all gotta change the narrative. Y'all gotta stop lying. Y'all gotta stop throwing that out there because we do support. So let's see what we got going on out here, y'all. Right. There she go. Hey, how are you? 
Good evening, good evening, good evening. So listen, this is what we want you to do. We want you to go ahead and uh, introduce yourself to the people and the crew. Well, my name is um, Dr. Sinetra Barnhill, a.k.a. Vivid the Poet. Um, I'm a native of Kinston, North Carolina. I currently reside in Sanford, North Carolina. I'm a graduate of North Carolina A&T Aggie Pride. And um, currently got my doctorate in special education at North Carolina Central University. I'm an author, poet, as he said, a motivational speaker. You know, you name it, I do it. I just love to inspire people each and every day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's why. Because that's, that's one thing that a lot of people take for granted is um, the form of inspiration. When you can pour into other people, even when you don't, you know, when things may not be even going the way that you wanted to go in your life, but you always shine that light. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? And then they come back around. Hey, yo, so um, so the crew, this is Mika, and that's my boy, Illy D. Williams over there. And like I said, we spark a conversation, and we like to just, you know, have a little conversation real quick, and we just want to talk to you a little bit about Kinston, if that's cool. Okay. Uh, so listen, so Kinston has a really, really, really unique history. A very unique history, y'all. And I mean, like, I was blown away to learn about how, you know, the development of Kinston and what used to go on there and the place that Kinston used to be, unspite anywhere else on the on the East Coast and how special it was. And I know a lot of people don't really know that story. And I think it's crazy. So you you were you grew up in Kinston or what? I grew up in Kinston. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> so look, let's talk about Kinston a little bit. <laughs> so Kinston is famous, right? For for number one, for being a place where the military used to come a, a lot back in the day, right? Or did you not you know the stories of what's going on? The basketball there? player. Well, y'all have a couple of basketball yes. players. Players. Stackhouse. Stackhouse. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I got a few. Mm -hmm. I got a few mm -hmm. coming from out of that area. Brandon yeah. Ingram. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, Kinston got some ballers, right? Oh yeah, VI mm -hmm. balling right now. So oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yo, and I think it's out there in the water because it's a lot of um them schools out there, they always had good players coming from out that area. They always talk about y'all in the other way though. And where does that? And where does that? And so what kind of way is that? How y'all get busy out here in them streets, y'all? Oh. <laughs> busy. I feel like I'm blinding myself. What the hell? I'm trying to be light skin. I don't know if y'all ain't caught. I was just about to say you got I'm your light skin filter on. Yeah. I'm just, <laughs> like, I just felt like I was ghosting out here, yo. Like, yo, I had to check myself. <laughs> you look gray as fuck. Yeah, yo. Right, a little alien. It don't help. I got horrors on my chest too. It ain't yeah, that's crazy. But um, yeah, so yeah, so that's what they say about Kinston. But you know, tell us. So how was it growing up in Kinston for you? It was well, I mainly grew up in the country, um, setting up Kinston. So it was pretty much laid back. I went to North Sumner High School. Um, so Brandon Ingram and then went to Kinston High. Um, so that was more in the city part, but I was more in the country rural. Um, part um, tobacco field, um, not much, not much as far as development until after I left. Um, I left probably around 2002. Um, I really haven't been home much 
I go there every now and then. Um, once I graduated high school, I went on to college. And I really didn't turn back to go because there's nothing really back there. But my mom there. So I go back home and visit some. But now when I go back, everything where I was is cut down. More houses built. More, um, more. Uh, it's just more development based on when I was living there, where it was mainly trees and tobacco fields. That ain't there no more. It's houses they built. Hey yo, I ain't gonna lie. It, it's it's a lot going on down there. That's pretty cool too. I've been recently, and um, well, not as recently as this year, but you know, I've been more recent than not. And it's 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 nice. Like downtown Kingston, they're really trying to do some things out there. You know, well, that but, ain't no place you want to go back to. Huh? <laughs> look, I feel you. Some hey yo, sometimes when you gotta go, you gotta go. Ain't no ain't no looking back for some people. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah, I feel you. So, all right. So you went from there and then you went to college. And then so where did you pick up the passion for poetry? Or was that your first love or, you know, education? Which one? Which no. One? So, uh -uh. so in college, I I just wanted to dip and dab into it. Um, I pretty much I used to have some school projects in college and I try to get up there in front of the class and recite a poem. Of course, I got F's and all of that because they didn't see my passion. They didn't see my vision. So I did about two or three times uh, in class. And then after that, I just gave up on poetry uh, because I was like, man, uh, maybe this ain't what I'm supposed to do. But then a couple of years went on and um, I, I got married and going through my divorce, um, I pretty much didn't have an outlet um, to express myself. Everybody didn't want to listen. They didn't want to um, hear what I had to say. So I took my pen to my paper and I started writing. And that's what inspired my first book, um, Unveiling the Shadow Beyond the Counterfeit Image. It's pretty much taking off the mags that everybody put on you to try to be and become who you are. And right. so that was where I was able to express all my pain and all my uh, feelings in my book. And from there, I pretty much opened up more with my poetry and expressing myself. Gotcha. Gotcha. So I want to, I want to um, ask the crew about that thing right there, yo. So, of something that you said have um so kev have has there ever been something that you were passionate about at one point but then you stopped or you gave up but based on maybe um it's seeming like it's not working or maybe not the thing that you're supposed to do is there anything that you can recall doing that too yeah i mean yeah. people that know me and they're like who actually know illy and not kev right they know i did music Right. And I mean, big time, like I was performing everywhere. Um, I was very passionate about it. But sometimes when you don't take off the way that you thought you were, right. you just be like, all right, maybe this ain't it. Maybe this is just a pastime. Maybe this is just, you know, um, one way that I can use my gift, but maybe it's not the way I'm supposed to use my gift. Gotcha. Um, you know, and I've always like ever since I was 14, I had a job. So my money came from working. So everything else was around that, you know, work, school, school, work, work, school, 
you know, went through college and everything. And it's like, yeah, it's cool that you're opening up for people that you're on stage, but this degree is what's going to pay the bills. You know, when you don't have that support system pushing you saying, hey, this could be your path. You you start looking at it like, well, maybe this little corner office job is the best way because every two weeks that check's going to be there, you know, and I'll be able to live a modest life, um, you know, off of that. And, you know, you you throw a rock at a corner of people and it's you have 27 rappers going to come out. Everybody got bars. You know, everybody got bars. And that's the thing. People will strongly discourage you from doing something that you're passionate about or something that you feel like you have a talent for. So, yeah, I, I put the mic down a long time ago. Um, so that's one of them things. You know? Gotcha. Gotcha. What about you, Meek? Anything that you uh, put down before that you were passionate about and based on things not maybe perceived to be looking like it's meant to be or not? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I go, <laughs> I do things spontaneously, okay? So when I have an idea of something, I do it right away, but then I might back off my passion for it might fade. Um, I haven't really had anybody tell me that I can't do something that I start, right? because um, they know if I really am into it, I'm not going to stop. Um, so they just... They just fill me out. The people who know me know they're just going to fill out my interest um, and let me see what I'm going to rock with. Because <laughs> my ADHD, I have different fixations. I'll have, I'll be fascinated with something for two weeks straight and will think and live and breathe it for two weeks. And then I won't think about it for a couple of years. Um, but one of the things I do want to pick back up is jewelry making. I did that a few years ago. I didn't know I was creative until a couple years ago. Honestly, I thought I had no talent, like not in a bad way. Like I never thought of it as a negative. I just didn't think I had a talent. I thought some people had talent and some people really didn't. And so in the last three years, there's been a ton of things that I've picked up creatively and just kind of kept putting them to the side. But I know they're all going to come back. Yo, um, that's that's something that you say that because... Um... There are a lot of people who don't know, right, what they can do until they do it. We we hear we hear it all the time, yo. Like, nah, that's them. That's that person. That that'll never be me, you know. Or that I nah, I never, you know, saw myself doing that. And then you can do it. But then once you try it, it's like, oh, yeah. so I can really do this. It's like, yeah, like you think that the people are so much different from you because they at a certain level. And I think that's where people get it messed up at. It's that level versus yeah. it being that thing. Like, it's like, yo, it's in you too. But, you know, uh, everybody don't have a desire to be in front of the camera either. So, right? So there are people who like to be in the background. So with that, they don't know that they could be good in front of the camera because they don't have a desire to be. So, so let's let's talk. All right, so let me ask you again. So, doctor, let's go let's go here vivid. So, whenever you decided to write your book, you did you all right, so did you immediately go into poetry? Did you write it as a book too, like a poetry book, or you just started writing it and then just going to perform that? No, so um I just start writing and then words start rhyming. And then I just like my first instance, my first poem was um strength of a 
strength of a woman. Um, it pretty much talked about um, how I went through college, um, was able to graduate with honors, was able to um, endure raising an infant by myself while I went through three years of school with no help. You know, so I just pretty much told that story in a poem form. And I don't know, I just started writing and then it started rhyming. And then later on, when I was going through my divorce, um, I started, the pain started coming out. So I really haven't opened up that book since then because wow. it's painful to me. Um, but I can sell it like it's on Amazon. You can read it yourself. Uh, but I don't open it up because it brings back memories to me. But now, you know, and then there's a platform called Clubhouse. And um, on that platform during COVID, because COVID hit right after that, um, I started getting up there learning, um, hearing other poets, um, brushing up on my technique. And that's how I became who I am today. And not only that book, um, I wrote another book right after that, which is pretty much a story format of the poem book that I wrote, Unveiling of the, the, Unveiling of the Shadow Beyond the Counterfeit Image Part 2. And that's pretty much my stories. And then after that, uh, I wrote a relationship book and that was coming out of my divorce. And I wanted to write how an alpha woman looks like and what she looks like when she's looking for a man. And so it's, all of that evolves over time of you know writing so it is just a process. <laughs> well no 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 I asked that because um for most people who are writers right we had a um an artist on a couple of weeks ago and we were talking about how there are certain people who are like in the music field who can do songs without writing right they could just get in there they get on the beat they feel it and they go and then we were we were also talking about the difference between those type of guys and people who actually write because sometimes the thought process that it takes to write something it gives you a release for some reason i don't know why but i think writing is just one of the most you know it's it's like one of the most therapeutic ways to get things out because like you said you know you wrote the pain in the book but you were able to get it out and so as you were able to evolve and get into the other aspects of, you know, your pen game, you were able to get past this with mm -hmm. your first book. And it's because you had that release. Now, granted, we know there's a lot of people who don't understand it. That's why I said what Tamika said was important about how sometimes you don't know what you can do until you do it. It's just that will a person try or can a person motivate a person to try? Because I would love for a person who is thinking about committing some type of harm to themselves to hear your story and just try to pick up a pen and see if that will help them get some of the things that's in them out of them. If they can't afford maybe a, someone to go sit down and talk to, you know, you, or, or if, if it's something like that. So through you, I know you said a couple of things that you wrote through your divorce and through, you know, through your struggle and stuff like that. Um, how, how motivating was that in order for you to think, you know, to yourself, I got to get through whatever this is I'm going through because raising an infant by yourself and school, and I'm sure you had, did you have to work at the same time? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you had to work. So you left that out. So just imagine. And you had to work. So yikes. Because I have a look, 
I have a 16 month old, and I'm trying to tell you, son be wilding, yo. So there's no way I could understand somebody going three years by themselves, you know, with no help. So um, is that the pain that motivated you, or is it more so that responsibility that you had in front of you that you know motivated you to have to figure out a way? It was just the things that I was going through, the heart, the heartbreak and the struggle, because it's tough trying to go through a master's program by yourself, raising a child. And then not only that, um, having to keep your grades up and work, you know, and then having to be a wife on top of that, you know, and all the other things that young, young, young people may go through, you know, in a marriage. So it, it was all that just trying to get all that on on paper that pretty much inspired me to write. But I tell you this, that once I did get it out and I was able to move past it, and then I shared my story during my graduation, I was able to motivate one other person right behind me to be um, to be able to go back to school while pregnant. Um, because if, it, if she didn't hear my story or see my story, she wouldn't have been able to um to go back to school because I was told that you know I should have took off and I should have waited um while I had a little infant in by myself so you know it's a, it's, it's it's a whole lot into that you know as far as the motivating part and motivating others gotcha gotcha but no it's important that you say that because um Kev said this a little earlier about the way people project right what there is really they project their insecurities onto you and they'll tell you what you can and can't do or try to put you in a position where you know because what people think they're doing is they think they're helping you and a lot of people think they're keeping it so-called real by trying to tell you always the negative part of whatever your vision could be so for example you can tell people hey you know what i'm gonna go build a car Right. I got a vision to build a car. When I was little, my uncle had a shop and he showed me how to build a car from the bottom all the way up. And then there'll be somebody that'll come behind him and say, well, listen, I don't know if your uncle taught you how to build no electric vehicle, though, man. Everybody want electric vehicles. Why are you going to try to build cars now? Like, don't build cars. Like, we ain't still out here worrying about what the price of gas is. Like, if they ain't building enough of them, I don't know what you talking about. But there's a thing that a person will get into that whole bag. It's the same thing with crypto. Hey, man, nah, man, you better not get into that. We don't understand that. And then now they, you see that they're trying to get rid of the dollar on purpose. So then they could do what? Turn it into digital currency. It's like it, it, it's, it's hard to try to get people to think past that sometimes, right? Because there are a group of people who just feel like fear is the realest thing that there is like to be scared like yeah man look i don't know man you know because like you like take for example even writing your book now for the most part if you would have told people hey i'm gonna write this book because i got these things that i want to deal with most people probably would have told you man writing a book man you don't you better go talk to somebody and then what if that would have been the, the motivation and you would have said, you know what, yeah, and then you wouldn't have had that book. So then now you got to keep remembering the conversation you have with this person 
and try to help you not deal with the conversations that you was having with yourself before you go talk to them. That's what's, that's what's crazy. Let me ask you something, Kev. Like in 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 that particular aspect of saying to yourself, because I remember you, you was talking about working and, and 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 like Vivid was saying, you know, um, there will be people that'll tell you, no, listen, you should think, don't think about this. I don't know if they told you that when it came to the music. Yo, man, listen, that music ain't gonna pay you, man. Yo, man, focus on that job. Go get that job, man. Make sure you keep a job. And then not knowing that, well, dad, yo, maybe I didn't think about that. There's so many different ways I can make money off my music. Like, why nobody never told me about licensing before? Why, why, why the guy that is the biggest rapper in the world, everybody told me that I got to jump up and down on stage and chase festivals and meeting, luckily meeting people to do all this to get my joint out. I didn't know that you can just license your joint and then it'll be in a movie and you'll never be on the radio, but you'll never have to work again. You see what I'm saying? Like, nobody tell the artist that. So then they do give up. Because then they thought that because they were supposed to be famous. They didn't know that their gift was through their music. But they thought they were supposed to be famous. Your gift wasn't supposed to be famous. Not you, Cab. I'm just talking about in the sense of a person who has that. So I'm asking you now. Did you, yeah, did, yeah. Would you look at it? Yeah, I wasn't... <laughs> I wanted to be clear. I do that all the time when I talk to people because I don't want them to think I'm jabbing. I got I gotta do that. Because I can say that about myself too. Right? So, but look, so I'm saying to you, is that a thing for you too, where you had to find motivation around what people were saying? Yeah. I mean, you gotta think, man. There are people who have never stepped outside of their neighborhood. So anything that you tell them outside of what they know sounds crazy, sounds foreign. There's no way I could do that. That's crazy. You don't want to do that. Just go down here and get you a job at the mill. You know, don't don't go chasing the big city. Don't go chasing the lights. And you remember such and such. They did that. And look at them now. Like there are people who want to keep you like this, nice and confined in in a path that they can understand. Um, so I dealt with that a lot. I dealt with that a lot. Um, and then I'm like second generation. My dad did music, you know, so it's funny. I look at Nas, I look at Drake and they talk about their relationships with their fathers and how it was strained because their fathers went and pursued their music and chose that over their children. And it's like, hmm, my dad did that too. Like I have the same type of story. And when I sit here and listen to Vivid talk about kind of wanting to express herself and the time wasn't right, you know, I don't know if I could do this. I don't know if this is for me. Um, it, it takes me to that movie, The Five Heartbeats, um, where Robert Townsend's character, they asked him, like, why are you such a good writer? And he said, true writing comes from pain. Mm -hmm. So he had that pain. And that's what gave his music meaning because people connected to pain. It's a real emotion. Right. Real emotion. Right. So, you know, I, I say all of these things just to bring it all back in. Um, a lot of people are afraid to spread their wings and fly. So they're going to tell you to stay in a tree with them. Hey, stay in the nest. It's safe right here in the nest. You don't know what's out there. Don't fly. Don't go. Stay right here where you know it's safe. Mom's going to come back and she's going to chew some food up and give it to us. You'll never learn how to go get food for yourself if you listen to these people. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what that job was and all these jobs. And I've always been able to get a job. 
you know, and I've had people from work come to shows and they're like, yo, why do you come to work every day? Like, this is nothing. Like, you could get on tour with somebody and make what you make in a month. I mean, in a year here, you can make in one show. You know, but it's it's that, you know, what's been ingrained in you since you were little. Go to school, graduate, go to college, get a degree, get a good job, and basically make someone else's dream a reality. You know, work 40 years, retire at 65, barely able to move and you know, have a couple of years and then you're in a nursing home, your life is over. And never once did you actually live in the talent that God gave you. Never once. Because, yeah. you know, you might have been the best forklift driver in the world, but there ain't no war for that. Nah, that's a fact. Can't leave no, that for your No, you, you're right. I mean, you. we are all born with something. I just believe that everybody is special. I, I think that um, if you think about the miracle of life, man, you know, it'd be a million of them swimming for one spot. And whoever you are that got here, you was that one that made it, yo. You know what I'm saying? So you got to think about a one in a million shot. So anytime a person think that they don't have the odds are against them, you got to think about it. It was odds were against you to even be here. So if you're here, that means you can do whatever it is that you feel like it is that you're supposed to be doing, long as it's what you're supposed to be doing. Sometimes people got to see things in the perspective. That's the hardest part about it. Not that a person ain't supposed to do something. It's just that what reward are you expecting from it? Right. That might be where the vision gets, you know, obscured at. So, me, let me ask you this, because I remember one show we were talking, and it goes in the premise of what everybody else is saying. Because even having to uproot yourself from where you're comfortable to move to a place where you don't know nobody or have any kind of, like, immediate ties go along with what Vivid was saying at the same time. Because, you know, you had a child, and you up and move. And you didn't have no one around you to even help, like not even a half of a babysitter. You know what I'm saying? Like you was just here. <laughs> and 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 in that in, in them moments, it's like, yo, how y'all share a certain, you know, that's why I say I hate when people compare stories to people to try to make it like mine is worse than the other. It's like, nah, you just had to go through what you had to go through. But listen, somebody can relate to you. Right. So me, you you had to endure that same scenario. Right. So that pressure of having to do stuff on your own and having to provide at the same time. Right. Mm -hmm. How did you get the motivation you did to make that happen? I had some people back home that thought I was crazy. Um, they because I didn't know anybody here. Like, what do you mean you're about to leave a full-time job, a place where your whole family's at, to go somewhere you've never been with no job lined up? And I was just like, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna go do that. And part of it was I had to prove them wrong. There were a couple of people who were like, oh, you'll be back in like six months. And I was like, fuck you. <laughs> Those are the people I remembered as I came here and set up shop because I was like, definitely is not gonna happen. And they actually have just seen me progress since I've been here. I'm a uh, completely different person. I've grown in so many different ways that I couldn't back home. Right. And so I did it partly to show people that 
we can, you know, you can leave home and your comfort zone and come out better than you were. It's going to take oh, yeah. work, takes yeah. persistence, but it's possible. Facts. And yeah, and that's a real thing. So even this, so vivid, let me ask you this. So in those moments when you were um, going through the things that you were going through, uh, did you ever think during, did you write during those times or did you find the space to have to write once you got into a space where you wasn't dealing with maybe the divorce and all those other things right then and there? Because I would imagine like going through a divorce, I went through a divorce myself, so I could understand how certain times emotions be so weird in the space that you're in. So mm -hmm. you don't think about these things, but did you find the space to write during the things that you were going through or was it more so once you um well, well i can actually say that i had some even tougher once i started going through my divorce i when i started um when i separated and moved out of my uh, marital house i actually started my dissertation so a dissertation is a whole different ball game than writing mm. a poem. Right. It's a chapter one through four. You got the 230 page book. You got to go through uh, writing. So I had to write that at the start of my divorce. And it um, took me six years, but I'm like Mika. Once you tell me that I can't do it, I'm going to prove you wrong, right? So I had my dad tell me that I couldn't do it, which was my professor told me, you know what, you might as well take off. You got a little, you got, this time I didn't have one baby. I had two. So I had a, I had a 13 month old. I have a six month old. And then I had a seven year old. So I had all three of them by myself starting my dissertation. Um, six year process. And I graduated with a 3.5 um, go, while going through my divorce. And so my motivation was I flew them to California for them to see me walk across the stage to wow. show them that you, you can do anything you want to do. I want that to be the remembrance of mommy that you see, um, that you can go. So, you know, that then I came back to poetry. But, you know, it's more positive now. Once I got that pain out, I ain't go back to that. So everything after that was was positive. Like, what are we going to do to uplift? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what, and see, that's where we got to get to the space, right? It's like, yo, deal with the pain head on, right? And not try to bottle it up and, and, and hold it in as much as possible, right? Uh, motivating people to find an outlet and then sometime writing. And again, First people, I just want y'all to know, yeah, you might write a book, but it may not be a New York bestseller. That's not the point. The point is, though, if you can get one person to read it and it helps them, you have done a justice. It may not seem like it to you, but it has. Yes, if you have visions and dreams of being a New York Tales bestseller, yo, go for it. Go, yo, Get on your promotion, marketing game. Listen, I ain't knocking it. I'm just saying, you just never know. It doesn't mean that you're not meant to do something because you're not meant to be famous behind it. Just think about that, right? All right, so look, through the pain, right? I think we all can relate to having to push through the pain. 
But then whenever you get past the pain, it's the time to turn it into a positive, right? So in the positive, uh, let's talk a little bit about the type of poetry that you do now, right? So this is, let's get into that because I think we brushed over that, right? We know what the book is about, right? We get through that. So now when we get to what the, the, uh, the positive part of what the poetry is, let's talk a little bit about that. So uh, what would you... What, Tell the people what you consider your poetry to be. So I got my name Vivid the Poet because I'm one that loves to tell stories um, in my poem. Very clear, very succinct. Um, whenever I deliver a message, you can see the picture visually, right? So I do a variety of poetry from uh, metaphors to romance to erotic to... Um, love poems, pain poems. I just got a little variety. I just actually came back from South Carolina. Um, I performed there this past weekend, um, erotic, intimate erotic poetry show with the pole dancers. And so um, it's been a while since I did the erotic because I flew to Chicago and I did a feature last March. And then normally every year during the summertime and the fall, I do an autism awareness um, uh, event and I do a breast cancer awareness. So I have to write poems based on that to inspire women who go through that and kids right. who go through that. So I just do a variety, just depends on what the theme is. Oh, no, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. So your pin game strong for real because, you know, so most people, they stick to a niche when they do poetry. <laughs> Whatever it is, they just do that one thing. And I mean, not that that's a bad thing at all. I'm just saying, you know, most people, you know, they get into a niche. So the fact that you kind of universal with your pen, that's a, that's pretty dope, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good look. And so whenever people book you for these shows, they tell you ahead of time what the theme is, and then you just either come up with it on the spot or you go into your bag and just get what you, you know, pull out some things or whatever. No, for my, show, for my shows, no, I write a whole, you know, show. So I, they'll tell me, Sinatra, I want to book you for the breast cancer awareness. So I got 15-minute show, and so I do about four or five poems that I write fresh. Um, but if I go to an open mic, I may do an old poem. But for most times in my shows, I, um, I write new stuff. Like this one I did this past weekend, I had an old one, but I added to it to change it up. Um, but most times, yeah, I write new ink, new ink, fresh ink. Dope, <laughs> dope, dope. All right, so look, I wanted to... Um talk a little bit about um, a point. I, I think it's important because we hear these terms thrown around a lot, but I like to get your perspective on it, right? So uh, I heard you say earlier about an alpha female. So if you can help me, like what what is that considered to be to you? Like what is an alpha female? Oh, Lord. Here we go. Oh. <laughs> All right. So for me, I wrote that book because my mother is a strong woman. Um, I grew up with just my mom. She raised me. She worked. Um, she went to she went to school herself. She raised three kids. So she was always, you know, strong, never giving up the same type of person that I am. So when I think of Alpha, I think of a strong woman. Now, some people may think independent. 
right? Can't don't need to depend on nobody. That could be a little bit, just a little bit. But for me, my definition was what I mentioned: the strong, strong, independent woman. I guess I say. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Okay, well, look, no, that's that's a more simpler version, all right? Yes. Because as most people that carry alpha in front of themselves not you but i'm just saying in general it just comes with a laundry list yes of qualifications that make a person feel like this is their title because mm -hmm. believe it or not on the alpha male side which to me is corny and i'm gonna tell you why because anytime you have to refer to yourself as something i just don't feel like that's what you are now mm -hmm. I can see if a person approaches you and says this what you are. Like for for example, if you're a painter and you're painting and somebody walk up to you and say, Hey man, you're a painter. Oh yeah, well, why? Yes, I am, you know. But not for you to go to somebody and be like, they don't know you a painter. They don't see you painting, they ain't never seen no paint. And you just walking up to them, hey, I'm the best painter ever. Like, what? Like, yo, everybody should follow me. I'm an alpha painter. Like, yo, son, like, where, where do you get that from? It's because, nah, because this is how I feel. I feel alpha, so I am alpha. So uh, anytime people put those type of, you know, like, titles in front of them, it comes with a laundry list. So I'm glad that you broke it down like that because I, I want to make sure because, like, look, hey, Kev, like, listen, how often do we, we hear the word alpha? Me, how how often do we hear the word alpha? Frequently. Never correctly, but we hear it. We hear it a lot. <laughs> and and so it's very important. That's why I say, like, let's get people's perspective on it because by no means is it going to be a man versus woman thing. We don't do that. But I definitely, I just don't, I don't get it from the man's perspective. Now, I understand where you're coming from from the female's perspective of having the be strong in a position where you, you know, you really shouldn't have had to do it by yourself, you know? Um, but then again, I, we don't know people's relationship. You know, that's the one thing about it. We don't, we, we don't know the other people's side of the story or why they weren't there or why didn't they contribute to the life of their child. Well, the, well, the military, the military life is, is hard. You know what I mean? Deployments, and so I was put in a place to be in a role like that where I always did it by myself uh, because he was always gone and deployed. So that was uh, the yeah. um, that he wasn't there. Mm -hmm. Well, that well that makes sense. That makes sense. So you you pretty much knew already based on the profession that he was in that you would probably be the one that's having to do the most when it came to the children. But then yeah. you had to still concentrate on the things that you had to do as well so yeah <laughs> yeah that makes it tough but that that also is a sign of a person who uh faces thing head on too because you pretty much knew like it wasn't like you were just blindsided you know three months in like yeah i'm out and you're like well what well well uh -oh. well uh -oh. he got married in october and they told him in november he was leaving so, uh, <laughs> wow. So I had to decide on: Am I gonna stay back here to school, or am I gonna go where he is stationed? So, 
we both decided that it was best for me to stay back here and go to school while he go get stationed somewhere else. And we did that for three years. And that's how that happened. <laughs> gotcha. So once he was deployed, he was gone for three years? Yeah. So first he was stationed in Georgia um, at another base. And then they sent him on to a uh, what was it, Afghanistan right. for about a year and then sent him somewhere else. So we really didn't come back together to about two and a half years later. Sounds about right. That military life is crazy. <laughs> Yikes. Okay. So that, that had to be a, uh, that had to be a lot to uh, adjust to at times. I, I would yes. say, I, I would imagine. <laughs> So emotionally, you just been over all over the place a lot of times, huh? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. See that 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 makes for some that makes for that content flowing like it does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, right. I mean, yeah. look, they, they said you can't have a testimony without tests, right? So, look, yep, definitely, definitely, definitely. So that so okay so I think I heard you earlier in your um so you did get your master's right and so then you have you got your doctorate too yes I did yeah you you, you just kept going yeah 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 that's the, that's your nickname we should have put and you got the whole long thing right here it's almost like your name Latino they that's how long they name be. That'd be their whole name. So you, you got to put that in there somewhere. Keep going. Yeah, I'm done now. I'm done. You got to gotta spell it out just like that, too. Keep going. All whole thing. Don't shorten it up or nothing. Put it in your tank. Because that's crazy. Yeah, so I could see why a lot of women are inspired by you. So how often do you do... So what do you... So do you coaching? Or what, what is it? What else do you do outside of the writing aspect? So, um, like I said, I do motivational speaking. I'm an author, poet. Um, I do, I do tutor. Well, not tutor. I, um, I'm an occupational therapist in the school system, and then I also do contracting um, on the side where I um, treat students uh, through a contracting agency. I also do a little real estate. I got a little hand in everything. <laughs> yeah, look, look, we'll talk, we'll, we'll talk off here. But look, I, I, I think I think that's dope. So the motivational speaker part. So are you so do people book you the same way as they do um for your uh poetry and stuff like that? Or do you like you know you mostly on so, so with my speaking, I've uh, my first one was at a college, a university. No, well, not at a university, at a um a little community college and I got to speak for two graduations and then my alma mater called me back to do a penance ceremony for my graduating class two years ago so that was like 350 people I um, spoke to uh, for the graduating class um, I also uh, speak to you know wherever uh, they book me but yeah those are the main things I've done so far colleges and Oh yeah, that's dope. That's dope. Hey, um, you know what, Kev? I was thinking, yo, I, I was, I was like, some of the posts that you put up, you put up some, 
you put up some really good questions and it seemed like you get a lot of feedback too. Even one, you know, it looked like you had to go back and forth with a few people on one of them. Yeah. Could you see yourself being a motivational speaker? It's funny that you say that. Um, I know that, like I kind of mentioned earlier, there's more than one way to use your voice, you mm. know, and maybe it's not pulling up on the ops with the chop. You know what I'm saying? Maybe it's not that. You know what I'm saying? That's all they rap about now. You know what I'm saying? So there's different ways to use your voice. When I was younger, I wrote poetry. You know what I'm saying? I sang. My voice changed. It got deeper. I couldn't hit the notes no more. So I transitioned to that. Um, I mean, anytime that I, I, I speak, like I speak at work, like anytime we have our floor meetings, I speak and people are like, you are such an amazing speaker. Like, have you ever thought about you know, being a motivational speaker or, you know, do you you feed, you know, do you give back to the youth? Like, are you out there trying to inspire? I'm like, nah, not really. Nah, I'm not, you know, but anyway, (laughs) so it's interesting though, man, because yeah, um, when I was much younger, I wanted to go into politics, Um, but I'm very opinionated and I'll tell you exactly how I feel. And when you don't play the game, I've never been a person to play the game. Even though I did, I've always done these little jobs, nine to five. I'm always that person that's going against the grain. Right. Y'all telling us, hey, we got to be here at eight. I'm going to push that line. 803, 805, <laughs> You know, you telling me 15 minute breaks. Okay. 16, 17, 38 minutes. Do something. Talk to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, because you know, you're renting me for a short period of time, you know, is this, and you paying me, you're not paying me what I'm worth. So it's like, you're going to get 27 minutes of work out of this 60. Like, stop playing with me. You got to you know? <laughs> go find a sandbox to play in. You feel yeah, me? So man, get y'all, yeah. I ain't going to hold you. I ain't going to hold you. Like, you. that's the thing. Like you, I'm, I'm, I'm exchanging my time and giving up my gift for you you're not getting listen i'm in this i'm doing everything so, you know so, what I'm so everything doing a little shift that that works you know don't let me work from home one day I'm, i was just about to say i work from home so you know i don't be doing shit. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I, was, I was gonna come to you next i look i was thinking so like even when you be life do the life coaching and, and stuff like that with people that comes with some form of motivation too though right like is that more like uh speaking into people as well or is it more so uh no because i mean yeah right yeah because a a lot of them they don't they don't have that faith in themselves yet so it's building them up Mm -hmm. it's giving them that confidence back it's pulling from them things that they probably wanted to do but they were too scared people keep talking them out of it um, I try to get to those limited beliefs that they've had, things that we were taught as kids. Like Kev was saying, you get a, you go to school, you get a degree, you get a job. And so many people have that drilled into them and it doesn't feel natural for them. And so it's it's pulling that thing from them and, and letting them see there is another side, there is more. So it yeah, it's, it's, it is speaking life into them so that they can wake up because they've been just going through the process. Waking right. up every day and doing what they're supposed to do right. instead of what they want. Yeah, so that makes sense. So I guess being motivation, motivational speaker or being motivating to people is 
I I look at that as a blessing too. Like I like people who are people who like to motivate people. I think that's it's very far and few in between too. That people really have that thing in them that they want to see other people do good, like or or, or, or do great. You know, because that's the thing. Most people be they like you. They want you to be successful until you get past them, and then ah, nah, I ain't, I ain't you you back down. Where you going? So, you don't need it. I thought you had a million. You don't need my little like, yo, come on, B. Like it's it's okay to give me a million and once. You know what I'm saying? It's okay. You know, don't don't count the million, you know, but I, it's a lot of people who look at shit that way, all right. So Vivid, let me ask you this. So whenever you get into, you know, your zone now, as as you know, being that you went through a lot of those different things, you know, that you went through. Um, do you find yourself motivating only, um, you know what, let me not just keep acting like I ain't got a ghost. My little sign just keep falling, so let me just pull it on. <laughs> that that shit was like, <laughs> if I don't, somebody is going to sit up here and think that I got a little uh, Casper running around. But, um, dang, what was I saying? Okay, yeah, so... Um, Whenever uh you damn I, I lost what I, I lost you whenever I get in my zone then right what? so now that you've been through all the pain do you find yourself uh speaking mostly to women or 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 men like how who who are you really catering to mostly is it mostly to women when you're getting in that bag now um pretty much single moms single moms. Okay, so that's your niche. That's my, yeah. That's who I find myself connecting more with now that's been through um, military marriages um, and inspiring them. And especially the moms who, you know, have small kids and feel like they cannot um, do anything else but work. Well, I'm here to tell you that you can do anything you want to do. Um, you just got to put your mind to it. I had nothing. I grew up in that Section 8, food stamps, all that stuff to get where I am now. Um, I was the first one in my family to get a master's and a doctorate. But I'm one that, like I said before, you tell me I can't do it, I'm going to show you different. So, uh, yeah, mainly the crowd now is just single moms, military families. And, um, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Women. I never thought about it in that sense that, um, yeah, when it comes to being married to someone in the military, like I never thought about it from that perspective. Because yeah, because you never um, really hear about too much from the other end too, like the the man who's married to a woman and she deployed and he's here. Like I, I would like to have that conversation too. Just to see, you know what I mean? Because it's important that people who are enlisted in the military still have the opportunity to have a family. Um, it's just really tough that they have to be gone so long without the access to them. That's why I got out when I was pregnant with my oldest. Mm. I was like, nah, I can't. I was going to deploy for 15 months. I was like, yeah, nah, I'm good. What is not even that is when you come back and you're not the same person as you went before. I mean, when you got yeah. all these mental health stuff and they got you on all this medication and you have to decide on whether I'm going to take it and or whether I'm just going to be able to function with, with my family. And that's the, the gap with the military is they help you function at work, but not at home. And yeah, so they don't transition us out 
that great. Well, at least they didn't when I got out. I got out almost, uh, it's been 17 years. So it's been a minute since I got out, but the transition out isn't great. If it was, the suicide rate in veterans wouldn't be so high. Mm -hmm. Nah, that's a a real fact though. And the fact that you said that, Vivid, is crazy because that's the one part that I think people don't understand. Like the people go away one way, but because they have to take so many different types of things just to be in there, different types of medicines, vaccines, shots, all this other stuff, they don't come back the same person. And then people are expected to be. Hmm. Well, right, my, so thing, my, thing was, my thing was, remember, I told you we decided that I was going to stay back and go to school and he was going to be in another state. Yeah. And then when, we, when I graduated two years later, we were going to come together. Well, right. when I graduated two years later and we came together, he had already had a head injury from Afghanistan from those two years that we were not together. You get what I'm saying? So we really didn't get to experience the married. When we got together, he had a head injury, you know? So that was a whole different ball game. So did I get married to do that? Did I get married to become a caregiver? You know, it's all that stuff you got to think about. So that made it tough too. So yeah, got a story. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, because that's that's a part of it, I think, right? Because what they say, like, okay, so when people take their vows to it's a part of it. <laughs> Which vow do you want to and in health and sickness oh, and in health? My bad. And then they say, uh, what, like for better for worse, sickness and in health and all these other things. Right? Poor. Whenever it's you involves, yeah. When you get into that, right? When you get into that part of the vows, right? Because it's life is unexpected, right? You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You be this way today and then tomorrow. Because even just think about here, like you could be the man over here and then something could happen. You could have a car accident now. You might not can't walk. Now the people who loved you so much now because you have to depend, because you were there for them all the time. Now when they have the tables of turn, they got to be there for you. Now you insecure about the people around you now because now they're not treating you the same as they did when you was up. And that goes to one of the things that we have to deal with as a man, I'm just saying this as a, not a separation thing, but just as a thing of reality, when you're a man and you're a leader and you are, you have a household or whatever, it doesn't matter who else is not doing whatever in the house, whatever it looked like, it's going to look like it's you. If, it, if the lights go off, it's your fault. If the, it's your fault. If the, if the tires ain't, it's your fault. If it ain't, it's your fault. And you know, when you are here each and every day, you don't get the excuse, like not saying that it's an excuse to be deployed because that's a tough job to be over there dealing with that, people trying to kill you and all that. So no, look, I'm not comparing the two. I'm just saying the difference in between having that responsibility on you, no matter what, you, you it doesn't matter. You, you are that person that is going to get looked at as the responsible person for whatever happens or goes on in your family. You're the person that has to pick up the extra job. You're the person that has, it doesn't go the other way around. So when you are that person, we as men, we have to deal with that one particular factor that no matter what, it's just how you're going to look. So if you don't control your emotions,
You don't control your emotions, yo. You just as you just as well, no matter what's going on in your life, you just as well about to give your marriage away too, as well, or your relationship. It don't matter. It'll go away too. If you don't, if you as a man, if you're not able to control your emotions either. But do people have to suffer through their bowels with a person that they're not compatible with? The time teaches you just how compatible you are with a person. So are you to settle for your vows in a place of incompatibility? Because you were compatible at the time when you made these certain type of commitments to each other? So that's a question. Yeah, that's a question. So wait a minute. So this we're talking about a Western way of thinking here. Um, we know a lot of cultures, they do arranged marriages. So you don't really hear about divorces and all of the problems from a relationship because each person knows what their role is and that's what they work towards. The love will come. But, you know, from a little girl, she knows exactly what's expected from her as a wife. From a little boy, he knows exactly what's expected of him as a husband. We have free will and free choice. We choose the people who we decide to be with, who we decide to marry. And then we stand back and be like, oh, I didn't sign up for this. Not taking a shot at you, Vivid, because your situation is different. When you when you're fresh into something, you freshly met this person and they spent more time away than y'all spent getting to really know each other intimately. And people think that intimacy is a physical act. It's way more than that. It's way more than that. So, you know, it's I, I want to know how you're going to respond to disagreeing with me. You know, that's something that you learn just by having a conversation. You know, you're not going to learn that over the phone. You're not going to learn that through a letter. You're not going to learn that through distance. So that's the thing. When you said when he came back, he was a different person than he was when he left. Well, the person that you had, you held on to an image because it was still fresh, still new. And it's like, hey, it's still got that new car smell. And then that person goes away. And then you're like, OK. My focus is up here, but I have day-to-day -day life. I have everything that's in front of me to do, to take care of all these responsibilities. And then there's the formation of the alpha female that I heard you talk about, because it's like you've had to shoulder the burden. When people think about marriage, you think about two people working together. And when one person is absent, even though I'm, I'm from a military family, so I know what it's like when a person is deployed and everything still must go on. Because a paycheck doesn't respect, it doesn't replace what that person does in terms of even having conversation with the kids or giving you a break. You got young kids, you need a break. You know, hey, when that person walked through the door, your turn. You love on our children. You nurture your children. You change diapers, right? You changing diapers. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's one of them things like. I ain't got no thing. But look, that's the thing about coming back different because like even in the sense of it not being military think about how many people who go away for like jail or or you know incarceration or any other thing they don't always come back the same either they be shell shock ptsd as well too yeah and people have to and and i don't i don't want to use the term as if i'm saying that they forced but some people are they're forced to have to live through their vows based on a certain a certain person that's not there anymore so i don't that's not vows. So do you agree do you agree with um what they're doing now as far as leaving certain vows out because that's where they're doing now with marriages like you could pick what vow 
you want to put in your vows or even just make up with whatever you're going to say. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I think either one, I, you know, that's probably up to the individual. I don't think it's nothing wrong with all of the vows that are there. It's just that um, would you be able to have you know would you be able to live throughout these things with the person that you actually chose now see here's the thing that falls back on the man and not the woman because they say he who finds a wife finds a good thing so technically the man is supposed to be the one looking for the wife that's why i was going to talk about the arranged marriage when the arranged marriage just takes the man it takes it away from the man the responsibility away from him they just give him somebody and he didn't have to go out there and figure it out. So, yeah, they like you said, Kev, love come. But what I'm saying is that when it comes to marriage, like women hold the gateway to sex and men hold the gateway to marriage, right? Because technically the man is the one who's supposed to ask the woman. So when, when it happens that way, like who is like... So I don't really know. That's what I'm saying. I don't know if you could leave the vows out. I don't. You can make up your own. Either way, are you? Your vow may be tested, <laughs> even the one that you do keep, <laughs> right? <laughs> like you might not say I'll vow to obey, but you might say I'll obey that you know that once a week that I'm going to do X, Y, Z, and then when it come down to that once a week after three, four years or five years, you be tired. Y'all ain't got the bills is this. <laughs> And the third, and you do you want to keep going on? Because <laughs> look, the lights out, y'all got candles, y'all got candles. He's still gonna be sitting there, like, hey, in my vow, you said once a week. I don't care how mad you are, I don't care you sitting on this crate right now. I know, but you gonna what so that's the type of stuff that I'm talking about. Like, no matter what the vow is, can you maintain it? Once you prove, once you say that this is what I'm going to do, and how can you if the person is not the same that you made the vow to? That's, I guess, that's my question to y'all. If the person you made the vow to is not the same person that you made the vows to, are you supposed to just force yourself through it? So that that's the thing now because it's 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 different ways. Um, we talked about that movie Acrimony a while back, a couple months ago. Um, they get married. He has an idea. He knows in his mind, I'm going to invent this engine, this product, whatever it is. It's my life's mission. Okay. She climbs up the corporate ladder and she's the breadwinner. She's the alpha female. She's the breadwinner. She's everything. And he hasn't progressed. Her love for him has changed. Her dedication to him has changed because she doesn't see that he's meeting her where she has risen to. And boom, separated. Then he finally got it fit. He finally finished it. He finally reached that level of success. And this man gave her something for her time to compensate her. But it was never enough because now she feels like she missed out on the greatness that his life has now become. So when do you pull a plug on someone you know stedman ain't never leave oprah oprah's a billionaire do you know what stedman does does anyone even they've never even got married we don't even know what stedman does like and it's the thing you hear more about gail than you hear about stedman when oprah gets i've had a long day gail's the person who calms me down 
what happened to Stedman. That's what I want to know. We we was looking for Waldo. I want to know where Stedman is <laughs> because this is a man who stood by a woman, and when she was going through the adversity, he was there. He was there because I guess he 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 came from some money. He has some, and he helped her in the, in the initial, and he's still around from what I hear. But as she's grown to different levels of success, and she's she has access to different things, the things that you and I may have enjoyed as teenagers who were poor, now that I can go to Paris or I can go to Dubai, I can go to Australia, I can go anywhere on this planet and experience different things and different cultures, is that a reason to turn and look at a person and say, well, I've grown and you haven't? Because it's not just a negative thing where a person hasn't launched it's maybe i've outgrown that person but did we not think that we were going to grow go ahead vivi i, I see you yeah, go ahead go ahead, go ahead. i got a flip side of that i saw a story recently where this woman um had a stroke or developed alzheimer's at an early age she may be like 60 60 years old her husband vibrant still able to but he has to sit there and take care of her as a vegetable as someone just staying in the house can't do nothing so is he supposed to sit there six seven eight years not getting his needs met or can he bring somebody else in because that's what happened in this story I guess in their vows they made where she was like, I want you to be happy. So he ended up having another woman who took care of, helped take care of the wife while she was in that vegetable state and to her ending days. You know, so you got to think about it like that too. Do you do you yeah. follow the vows and take care of her for another six, seven years, eight years until she passed away and you not getting your needs met? I'm looking and you're not getting your babies yet. Do the vows say that? Do it say that? I'm I'm just do saying. Do it say anything about doing them vows? Do it say anything about that? He didn't even do that. He brought somebody in that helped. That's called so, that helped who helped take care of her, made sure she was good. He didn't get shit on her. Like, yo, all right, so you you ain't this no more. But that goes to show about real love that meant I know that they we have that conversation and I'll be trying to help people understand is that you know when men fall in love with women, we fall in love up here. You know, it's the idea of it. Even though, like some people, like okay, for example, this is how women can know if a man loves them. He includes the, he includes her in his plan. Now, she may not necessarily be able to do any of the plan, but she's included in the plan because it's here versus it being here. So when a man loves you, he loves you up here. So it's a difference versus it being women. Women are more emotional. So another thing about certain types of women, they look for a certain type of security in a man. They look for a certain type of vibe and connection from a man. See, a man could be in love with the thought of a woman. Think about it. How many how many men you know will marry a woman that is not on his financial level versus a woman who is on a certain financial level? She is very rarely a married down. She won't marry a guy that's not at her level or above. 
But there's a man who will find a woman. He could be a super me. Look at pretty woman. Wasn't she well? Wasn't she out there giving that thing away for a few dollars, yo? Was she? Was she forty dollars in a biscuit? And he and look what he did. And fam had money, so it's different for men when it comes to women in that aspect. So a lot of times men do stay. Because if you think about it, I love this woman. She just can't do the things that I was doing before, but I still love her. Y'all, a man is only, he's not unconditionally loved. So would she stay if it was a vegetable thing and brought another dude in and he helped wash fam balls or whatever? Because that's what she going to have to do for fam. You know what I'm saying? But women can help each other that way. Think about it. So I don't know, Vivid. What you think? Do you do you think a man would? What, what would you? What would you? What do y'all think? Me, y'all, y'all the ladies, y'all tell us. What do y'all think in that instance? Would it would it work if the, it was the flip side, being that y'all know how women are? If the man was the vegetable, I don't yeah. know if I brought another man in there, um, he would feel comfortable. I'm in a but coma. Wait, okay, I mean, so what's I'm a vegetable. Yeah, he ain't gonna know. I mean, he know, but he don't know. Like he can't say nothing. He can't. <laughs> he can't object. <laughs> I'm, talking about, I'm talking about the new boo. I'm talking about the new boo. Oh, the new dude. Yeah, still caressing on my husband. He not. He not. Okay. Not, listen. See, this is the thing about guys. So. If you, if I if I try to holler at you and you like, hey, I got a man, right? Nine out of ten dudes gonna say what? Can't have friends. Yeah. Can't have friends. <laughs> Can't have friends. You know, if you're if you come to him and like, well, you know, my husband's in a vegetable state. Um, you know, who knows how long he has to live? First thing we gonna think is that Michael Jackson song. He's a vegetable. You know what I'm saying? We jamming because it's like men don't care nothing about that. Go ahead and fulfill your obligations to this other man as long as I get what I want out of it. That's how men that's, are. That, yeah, if, if that's all he wants. That's why I yeah. tell women all the time, be very careful when it comes to you thinking that you really got options out here. You don't. There's always a man that'll pump you, but mm -hmm. you are not always going to find a man that's going to love you. Yeah, he's going to pump you if he love you, but I'm saying you're never, you're not always going to find a man that loves you. Remember, I'm telling y'all, we love up here. You will always find a man that'll pump you. You can use that as motivation if you want. That's fine. If, if thinking that you got options out here and you really don't. You get what I'm saying? Because yeah, dude will pop you. He'll pump you. Listen, he'll pump you. Your boy best friend, will try. they'll pump you. Sliding your girl but DM. They, but you know, if you're looking for that person that you know gonna have your back without pumping you, then you you gonna have to figure out where it comes when it comes to love because that's what the love would be perceived to be somebody who's gonna be there for you even if they ain't pumping you. So that's where the vegetable state come in at. Like, yo, I love this person, even if I ain't pumping them. But if I could see them, if I'm around them, if I could talk to them, I love this person. Some people got a best friend in their life that's closer to them than their siblings. Mm -hmm. You know, they ain't pumping them, but that's they that's they people. So it just it just depends on that relationship when it comes to men and it comes to women being in that particular scenario, whether she can't walk no more, 
she can't well or you know she in a vegetable state yeah men will stay more in that position because like yeah like i i heard this story there was this dude his wife is a vegetable and he started the video off by saying he hates his wife and at first you like damn dude like <laughs> she was in a bad car accident and now she's a vegetable he's been taking care of her for the last three years he said but um about six months ago, like before he recorded the video, it was their anniversary, 10 years. And so he wanted to do this big party. And so he was going through her phone to look for pictures that he can include in a big slideshow. And he finds some text messages from the day that she got into that car accident. She was on her way to go fuck some other dude. So she had a side dude. And then these conversations, she's talking horribly about him. And, oh, I can't wait to come see you because I love you. So then he starts to look for this dude. Like, who is this man that, you know, like, that did this? The dude ended up getting into a, another relationship two days after she got into the car accident. He's now married to somebody else. Complete, like, just, and he's like, and now I have to take care of her. And he's like, and that, he, he, he hates her. Like, he, he loved her up until that point. To now know, and he can't even confront her because she can't even talk back. So he just has to sit there and take care of her every fucking day. And I was like, that's shitty. Mm. That's possible. I mean, that could happen to anybody, and that fucking sucks. But you, but think about this in this aspect, though, right? That's a sad story to hear that, right? And fam still stayed there to take care of her. Now, you got to kind of think about that, right? Like, in the process of what they say men can and can't take. You know, they always got that comparison when they say, yo, a woman could forgive a man for, for, for cheating, but a man can't ever forgive a woman and stuff like that. They, they'll say that in a heartbeat. But then you have a story like this where fam knows she a vegetable. It, it ain't like she ain't going to know he ain't there. I mean that's fucked up, but it's. I mean, but it's it's real though. It's true. It's real, right? It ain't like you ain't gonna <laughs> know him there, but he's still doing what he vowed to do. And like I said, if the shoe was on the other foot, if the shoe was on the other foot, a woman felt yo. She like what? Yeah, what? So his ass in that water, like what? Oh, that Tyler Perry movie. My man was like, she'd have been like, yo. Oh, Charles, you like Charles's ass. Look, you know how people got the little rubber thing at the bottom of the tub, so you know, slide, she gonna pull that up. So all he's doing is this in the tub. All you gonna come back and it's gonna be little bubbles. That's it. Yo, that'd be so bad, yo. That's how she going out, though. She ain't playing with you. She ain't about to do that. She ain't going to keep, you know what I'm saying? You bring her so, right to my house. Yo, I don't <laughs> like, know. I, like I said, I'm telling y'all, it's it, it's a little different depending on who is who, but it's a serious question that I think a lot of people should ask themselves. Would you force yourself through the vows when the person is different. Now, circumstances like vegetable and car accidents, that's different. But man, when people are different than the person that you vow to, 
Yeah, because you, you think about it. Like when you said that earlier, Kev, I was thinking, I was like, well, damn, don't people supposed to grow together? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. People are supposed to evolve. It's just, yeah, some people like, you, you just grow, grow different. Yeah, yeah, like if a person is getting money, then more than the other person. That's why I think in the Taraji movie, why it was really foul that she wanted him back after he got where he got because she didn't believe in him. She only believed in herself. And that's where the foul thing was. It's like, oh, now you want me. But look, I'm just telling you, because you did all this for me, let me break you off something. Now, imagine if the shoe was on the other foot, she making all the money, then why would he be considered low? She would just make sure he was up. Because when he got some money, he gave her some. Now, of course, it ain't going to be enough to her. She already got money. But we talking about for a man who said, yo, I just want to do something for you because you looked out for me when I was down. But then you still left me when I was down. Like, that's a hard thing. To, that's a hard pill to swallow because, you know, Chris Rock say that. They say a man doesn't get unconditional love. He only gets love based on a condition that like he provides a service. Outside of the service that he provides, he will get no love. And that's a sad truth. You get it. It's a really sad truth. Can't look. Don't don't be able to do ten push-ups. Can you do ten push-ups? No, I'm just saying. Don't be able to do ten push-ups. And, and, and you remember, you just told the story about Shorty going to the side dude. Side dude do twenty five push-ups. <laughs> That's why I go to the gym. I ain't doing push-ups. Um, I kind of want to add something to that too. Like, I don't know. I just it's it's a tough conversation. Um, I just I don't know. We always look we always look at our grandparents and generations before that and say, well, why didn't marriage work back then? You know, why did it work back then? And you know, technology has probably made it easier for both sides to cheat, both sides to find another person who's interested. But what was the thing that kept them together, kept him coming home every night, you know, providing, kept her coming home every night, you know, and saying, you know what, it's our mess to work through together. Where's that disconnect? Like what happened was like, you know, that's your mess. That's what I talked about the other day. Like, when it did not become both of our responsibility, when is my happiness just my responsibility, your happiness is your responsibility, or your financial situation, your career, your moves, it's supposed to be us together trying to move forward. And that's the thing, you know, if we outside running from a, a dog and she fall, oh, we fail. Because I'm not about to leave you. I'm not about to let the dog attack you. I'm about to, all right, I got to turn back around. And now I got to sit here and fight for my life to help you get back up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's so much different. It's different for men. Like, you can never have a man be like, yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah, my girl cheated, bro. So I stopped paying the bills and the lights got turned off over there. He ain't getting no respect. He's a clown. Yeah, because you still you still in the dark too. So you hurting yourself. It's not like <laughs> we on candlelight over here. Yeah, both of y'all in the dark. So it's you hurting yourself. So that's been from business. Yeah. It don't work the same. It just don't look, work. Let me ask you this though, Kev, but, yeah. but but like you said, man, it, it don't work the same for us, right? In that aspect. But 
it still goes back to the point of when you are in these particular situations when you with people right um and these people change mm-hmm. it's a separation thing that happens in people when you say they outgrow people right it's yeah. that somebody just wants to stay here while the other person wants to grow mm-hmm. right and so they outgrow each other but at, so where does it come together at when the first people grow together? Don't do do y'all not think that it's something that you find in common with your partner? Or is it like what what is the defining part? Because you asked a good question, Kev. What defined the, the old relationships versus the new ones? The old relationships, the only difference between the old relationships and the new ones is that in the old relationships, you know, for us in our community. You gotta remember those those dudes that had those morals and values came up out of slavery from a person who they watch, and they followed them. It doesn't necessarily like we talked before. Granddad was the breadwinner, but grandma had to go get a step granddaddy when granddad died because he didn't teach a shit. He just came home and gave her the money. So then now she had to go get another person, and then now you got that's how that worked. You know how many step grandfathers used to be in the 60s and 70s, especially people that went to war? Step grandfather. Like, let's not even talk about stepdads now. Like now it's a bunch of stepfathers, right? Because you know, that's what happened. But back then, think about a step grandfather. Have y'all ever like no, that's the, the statistics that they don't talk about in our community. You know, those are the things that they leave out. Like, yo, listen, yeah, grandma and grandpa stayed together, but when grandpa passed away, guess what grandma had to do? Herschel done stepped in. She done had to wear that same little nightgown that kept him coming home. She had to wear that to the store. You know what I'm saying? Because now she had to get another person to come in. Because what? The role that they made a man play versus the man understanding the fact of, yo, you should, that should be your partner. But hey, who am I? But Vivid, do you do you agree or you disagree? Should we should they be partners or or do people should react on gender roles in relationships? Or should they be mm-hmm. I feel like partners, but it does. It's 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 existing less now. <laughs> it's it's really existing less now. Um, I was gonna add earlier that um, what was I gonna say? Dang it, I forgot. Keep talking. I'm gonna I'm gonna remember it. <laughs> Right. But but we we do want to we do want to say though if if nothing else though and I know Meek you said this before you know some people just want to misunderstand you on purpose and that could be a sign or early sign of growth separation as well too because it's I think we we talked about this before people are going after people that meet their preferences not their standards so that's why they're growing apart it wasn't they weren't you weren't even supposed to be here like you that wasn't even your place and you thought they look nice and you know oh he's mad funny and so you wondering why you're growing this way yeah y'all wasn't even on the same path to begin with it was all physical it was all attraction your preferences It, it didn't have to do with your standards so if you are finding somebody based off of your standards list. When you guys are growing, you guys are on the same path. You guys match up that way. And so you guys should be able to grow together. You know what? Bar. Because, go ahead, go ahead. 
I was going to say, I have a friend now that um, is going through a divorce because uh, after four years or five years of her marriage, her husband just up and decided he didn't want to work anymore. And so now she's having to carry the burden of um, working and taking care of the kids uh, because he just decided he don't want to do it. So it's so where do you how does that fit into a standard preference when you have to deal with that? So what's his what's his reason for not wanting to work? Let's just get some. You just don't want to. Okay, this man could have been. He could have got injured on the job. He could be ex- no injury, no injury. He could be experiencing discrimination. He could be. There has to be something. It like, has to be something. Yeah. Even if he's not saying it, it's something. It's something. It's certain things you don't get a pass though. Like, first of all, like. If you got children, that is your responsibility. Like you don't get to not take care of your responsibility. I don't. You feel like it. Your emotions. I think we said this earlier. As a you have to get in control of your emotions. You cannot allow your emotions to overtake your decision making. Never. Yes. I don't want to work either. Huh? Would you say? I don't want to work either. I wish I could just like. I don't. I'm just not going to do it. Right. That's anybody right. You don't even have to. It don't matter. Don't want, nobody wants to really work. Go do something that they don't love to do. But when you have children, like see, fam don't get no pass in that. Baby. Like he don't get a pass. Like because he has children. You saying you don't feel like doing something has no bearing on your responsibility. What you gonna say, Cap? So what if he is saying, "All right, so I'll be Mister Mom. I'll take care of the house." Because your job pays eighty thousand, mine pays twenty five. I'm out here breaking my back for eight dollars an hour. So listen, I'll get the kids to and from school. I'll make the dinner. I'll do all the round the house stuff because you're the breadwinner. You're the alpha female. You're the breadwinner. So it's costing us money for me to go to work because childcare is expensive. So I'll stay home with the kids. We 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 can't say that gender roles. We got to pick I'll a side. We got to nah, look. You right though, Kev, but that's if that's the scenario based no, on no, the be going through divorce. That's she wouldn't like be going through no divorce if that was it. Yeah, because <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's more of a compromise right there. What you broke down, Kev, is a real plan. That's a plan mm-hmm. that can work for two people who actually love each other to the sense of understanding the responsibility. Like, oh, listen, I make eighty grand. We. Our bills a month is this. I make this a month. So we more than good. You stay here so you don't have to do that. That's compromise, right? That's the teamwork. But you're not going to go through a divorce if that is the plan. Because if you're saying, like, look, I make the most. I'm going to do all this. Why would you go through a divorce, though? I think that that's why Shorty divorced him on acrimony. Because well, her family had a lot. She had a lot of click clackers in her family. Oh, she talked to Vivid. She talked to Vivid, and Vivid was like, "Girl, you don't need him. You an alpha female. You know what I'm saying? You better come listen to me speak, black woman." Really? No, but remember this. Remember they be trying when, to play people. You know? I know. <laughs> hey, look. Remember when Paul gave us that 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 example of his homeboy who uh, let his wife go to school first. Mm-hmm. He put his doctor uh, his degree on hold so she could go to school. And then when it was time for him to go to school, she divorced him because she got the job and got 
with the people that was making the money. She divorced him, and then he wound up getting his dollars, and you know, then she wanted him back. But that's a story that happened also often, right? Because what do women very seldom accept men that are not making or you know financially are in the space that they are or above. So in this particular sense, he didn't get laid off. Obviously, he didn't get fired. He just woke up. Just like, and said, Fuck this shit. That's different. I, that's all I'm saying. I ain't saying. Hey, hey, them niggas went there for themselves. Yesterday was my last day. Yeah, he probably didn't even tell Shorty, yo. Word. He probably like the kid that go to school and his parents don't know that he dropped out. <laughs> he was pretending to go to work. <laughs> So I don't know. That's the whole thing. If she, it, no, I don't know. If she going through a divorce, that means that they don't have no agreement, right? I, like that ain't the play. All right, she baby, I'm gonna go to work. I see you later. <laughs> Not the right. best. <laughs> Listen, you got kids, yo. You got to figure it out. So I don't know. I don't know. We don't yeah. know enough of her business. Like we can have her on if she want to. Talk yeah, we about have her on. We need to have fam on, nah? Because listen. You know me, bro. I am never yeah, pro I got guys. questions for him. I got I'm questions. never pro guys, ever. I'm always pro women. I was raised by a single mother, so I don't want to hear no excuses. But I need to understand what his psyche is, yeah. where he feels like if he just straight up said, you know what? I ain't going back into that McDonald's. I ain't, I ain't dropping no more fries. I'm done. I'm just going to stay home. My wife got two jobs. <laughs> Fun. He just decided to stay home and 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 be an ex. You know, maybe he want to be a YouTuber. Men, these men, uh, it's a lot of emotional men. Mm-hmm. They sassy. And 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 that is an emotional decision that he made, fam. I don't even know him. I don't know what it could be, but that's very emotional. To we need to invite him on because yeah, I need to understand him. before I flame this. Not gonna do that. <laughs> hey, brother, listen. Listen, no. Look, dudes that do stuff like that is not gonna have conversations with other men. You you gotta realize, like, cause because it's gonna be those type of questions. Like, I actually do. I I've known people who just live off their wife, and I asked them. I me personally, I asked them, like, fam, you don't want no money. <laughs> like when I got to this country, like you personally as a man, you don't want no money, be. And they'll just sit there and look at you like, I mean, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, yo, so how? Like, why are you, what, what is this, yo? Like, even the beer we drinking, she bought this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the, and the blood was rolling. Little sandwiches. Yo, son, I don't know. And I, like I said, if you're going through a rough time, because I've been there, you're going through a rough time and somebody going to have your back, that's a different story because they ought to know that when you up, you up. And you make sure you take care of shit. That's why for me, if I get down and I get low because I invested in something, hopefully the people around me will jump in because they know I get up. So hopefully I ain't got to worry about that. But then for the most part, you know, there are people who make emotional decisions like that, and I can't get jiggy with it. I'm sorry. I just I just talked to fam. No, he's a nuclear physicist. Okay. <laughs> so there's only two companies in the whole world where he could do this job. And you know, he put he went he he went so far in his career, he just can't settle. He just can't settle for something that's paying less than that because he's a specialized person, okay? I nuclear. Remember. 
physicist. Okay. Sam <laughs> might need it to start making uh fireworks then. He might should have done that a little bit. He could make a real rocket. He might need to go get a job making fireworks then, because technically, your children don't get you. They don't. You know what I mean? Like you don't get to not. You, you, you don't know? get to not take care of your responsibility. You don't get to not do that. So all right, y'all. Well, look, I appreciated tonight's conversation more so than not because this was pretty dope. I like the fact that we can have open and honest conversation about things and people don't feel offended. People don't get into, you know, triggered because, you know, a lot of clips that I put up based on conversations we have, the general public get triggered because it's just a thing, you know. But to be able to speak your truth in a way where it's relatable and not only that where you invite other people into your space to help them to understand you more i think that's so dope so vivid the poet thank you so much for jumping on i just want you to know we gotta have you back on because we want to do i'm gonna do i have a a segment coming up soon in a couple of months and we're gonna have nothing but artists on different type of artists Right, Hello, okay. all gonna get on and see. Here's the thing: it's gonna be from music to people who do actual art and poetry and spoken word and stuff like that. And what it is is that I would like for me and content creators too, for us to have sessions where we can help motivate each other as well, mm-hmm. right? Because in this whole artistic realm that we live in, for being artistic people, because I can ask y'all right now, y'all probably all will agree. Have all do all of y'all wake up sometimes around between maybe two in the morning and four in the morning? Do y'all wake up any of those times? Every night. Do, do you do you ever wake up on them side? So there it is. So so it's a it's a relatable thing about being an artist. Yeah. Right. But very seldom do we get on there and we uplift each other and we motivate each other. And I think that's what we do. We in so much competition with each other. That we don't get to do that, so I'm gonna have a segment. So I'm gonna make sure I invite you back on. And um, do you have your book with you next to you, real quick? I want you to show it on the screen. You got it next to you. It's in my other room next door. Go get All right. it. So how far is your room? You need to get it. Okay. Go yeah. 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 Unless you, unless your dog house got a dog house. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? That that living room look nice as hell. Like CJ's living room. Damn, is that a grand piano? Like, look at that chimney. But um, before we get out of here, y'all, y'all already know we gotta let everybody know what we got coming up. So, me, me what you doing, yo? What you got coming up? I'm working. Um, finishing up a couple projects this week. Um, got something I'm trying to work on for my godson going through some depression. So. I like to create for a little men, you know, like really get them some inspiration and, and let them know that it's going to be okay. So I got that on the works. Um, I'm about to do some more work back with um, a nonprofit that I've been working on for black business owners. Okay. Kind of took a break in the last few months, um, but I'm about to be back up with them starting in March. Okay. And yeah, just helping black entrepreneurs out here in the area and Letting them know we got resources. We have options. There it is, y'all. That's a good look, y'all. And they need it. And we all need it as entrepreneurs out here. These resources and 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 learning how to help cross-promote each other, too. That's another big thing, y'all, for real. Kev, what you got coming up soon, man? Um, well, you know, I'm in, the, I'm in the sky at 6 in the morning. Your boy going to the islands. You know what I'm saying? So travel, travel's what I'm on right now. Y'all see the hat, KLE. 
I'm gonna keep putting that in front of y'all until y'all figure out what it is. So you know, uh, big things coming, man. Big things coming. So everybody just keep watching. There it is. All right, so Vivid the Poet, let's let everybody see your book because we want to make sure that people, uh, you know, have access to it. 21 Lessons My Mother Did Not Teach Me. My mother never taught me. 21 Lessons My Mother Never Taught Me. I am an alpha woman. And so it pretty much defines what an alpha woman looks like. I give 21 lessons and tips that I've learned and attempt to be submissive. Um, however, sometimes I still have trouble, but pretty much I navigated the date in life by myself, having to learn how to be a strong woman. And it's tough out here. It's tough out here, but hey, making it do what it do. Okay. So for those of y'all watching, um, where can they get the book from? Um, Amazon. 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 All right. So make sure y'all go out there. Y'all check the book out. For those of y'all that do check the book out, y'all get up here on the show. Y'all see this video. Y'all leave comments up there. Let them know what y'all think. Y'all reach out to yourself personally and let them know what you think. Uh, remember, she's an advocate for single mothers uh, who need motivation. Uh, any of you ladies that are dealing with uh, deployment scenarios in your relationship, she's there for you on that end, which is really dope that she has a specialty niche in that being that she has experience in dealing with and it. Also, one more thing. Um, also, women who have children who have autism. My daughter was diagnosed last March um, with autism, my oldest daughter. And so that was another thing I had to deal with coming straight out of the separation was her mood swings um, and having to deal with that and having to, you know, figure out what was going on with her. So, um, yeah. So I had a um, I did a podcast probably like two weeks ago and a mother was up there going through that same situation and she heard my story and she reached out to me after. So that, too, is also motivation oh yeah yeah yeah. we ain't we don't want to leave that out then because it's a lot of parents that's dealing with autism you know children that, that have been dealing with autism and you know it's it's so many things that's been linked to autism and children too based on certain things and um i got a couple of things people we're going to talk to we're going to have them up here uh, a couple of doctors we we working i'm working behind the scenes uh we are connected with civil rights and attorneys and stuff like that. They've been jumping on the show. It's a lot of different things coming up. So we're going to be able to give a lot of information out. And one of those is that we're going to make sure that we get information out to parents and new moms and stuff about certain things. Like don't take Tylenol while you're pregnant. It's a lot of different things that we want to get this information out because there are things that's been linked to, you know, you know, causes of different things I had to deal with autism and children. And we just want to make sure that y'all get all the information that y'all can. The more information we have, the more preventative we can be going forward. So that's a good look for you. Um, so when it comes down to that, then good. So when we have the, that, that show, I'll invite you on. I'll reach out to you ahead of time. Okay. And um, yeah, so you can help inspire some people who are dealing with that as well, because mm -hmm. that's a, yeah. That's a that's a thing that we deal with in our community a lot. Mm -hmm. It's heavy, you know. So yeah, so that's a good look. 
So um, what we wanted to do to all y'all that was watching, thank y'all so much for jumping on. Um, it wasn't a lot of comments today. Normally we had comments. We didn't, when we know that people ain't comment, I mean, they soaking their things. So thank y'all so much for watching. It was a bunch of y'all that jumped on live. If this is your first time watching, please, if you're watching us on YouTube, subscribe to the channel. If you're watching us on Twitch, you know, subscribe to the channel. And if you're on X, Twitter right now, because we are live out there with Elon and them. Um, you know, like and subscribe, you know what I mean? Because we want to make sure y'all get this information. Next week, uh, we do have... All right, so before I even get into that, I have to say this. I have to address one thing before we get out of here. I should have said this in the beginning, but I didn't. I realized that you're, it's a lot of insensitive people out here in the world, and I get it. A lot of y'all that just feel the need to just voice your opinion, no matter what it is, you don't care about who you hurt in the meantime or in the long run. Just, I just want to throw this out here. Understand that a lot of the people that we have up here, these people have lost someone, you know, due to tragedy. Whether you feel like it's right or wrong based on whatever news reports that you've been following, because a lot of these are national stories. But damn, y'all, just think about it. These people who they're represented are not ever coming back home again. So if you are going to have your opinions, at least have a constructive one. But damn, if you're going to be just pure evil, man, I mean, damn, I hope that you, you know, somebody pisses in your cornflakes. I, I just saw I, I, that's all I can say. Because it's terrible that you have these type of emotions about people who lost someone. Yo. It's really weird. So another one bites the dust on that. Double salute to Vivid the Poet for jumping on with us. Thank you so much for lending your time and your ear and your story to the Spartan Conversation crew. And um, hang on, don't leave yet. We're gonna uh, talk a little bit behind stage. And to those of y'all that jumped on and watched tonight, thank y'all so much. We appreciate y'all. This is Sparking Conversation. I'm your boy, Rawan. That's me, that's LED Williams. And don't forget, if you don't believe in yourself, nobody mm -hmm. else will, yo. So until next time, peace. Yeah. One, two, three, <laughs> two, three.